This is the Kona Edge, the home of Ironman triathletes who dream of qualifying for the World Championships on the Big Island. Thank you so much for listening to the Kona Edge. I'm Brad Brown. It's awesome to have you with us once again, coming to you from a magnificent Cape Town on the southern tip uh, of the African continent. And uh, yeah, I hope your training is going well, whatever it is you are training for. And not too long to go now until the 2016 Ironman World Championships on the Big Island. Someone uh, who is going once again is our next guest, Jackie Giuliano. And uh, before I get into our chat with Jackie, just want to let you know we've been getting some great feedback uh, about our little ebook that we put together. It's absolutely free if uh, you need some help with your swim, with uh, all the work we've done with the age groupers and coaches and uh, pros that we've chatted to over the last year on the Cone Edge. We've put together a, a little ebook that I think will definitely help your swim. It's called The Four Most Common Swim Killers How to Fix Them and Shave Minutes Off Your Swim Time. All you need to do if you'd like to download a copy of it, as I said, absolutely free, all you need to do is head over to thekonaedge.com forward slash swim killers. That's thekonaedge.com forward slash swim killers. One word, you can download it there right now. But uh, that's about it from me for now. Let's get straight into our chat and we head. Uh, to the United States once again to check up uh, to uh, to catch up with Jackie Giuliano. We head to the states now to catch up with Jackie Giuliano. Jackie, welcome! Thanks for for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Jackie. I'm super excited to chat a little bit about your journey. You've we we've had a, a couple of uh, teachers on before, and and funnily enough, a couple of math teachers. So I'm starting to to see a pattern here, and I'm thinking that if you if you have to be good at Ironman, it, it helps if you're a math teacher. <laughs> yeah, I do tell my students I do problems as I'm actually competing in the race. Yeah, and those 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 problem sort of sums that you used to get as a kid, where it's like if if you travel in in one direction for so far and then you change, and and you could almost do that with, with an Ironman and and get your kids to work out distances that way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, Jackie. How did you get into the sport of of triathlon? Where where did your journey begin? Um. So. My husband and I got married on October 13th of 2012, and, you know, when Facebook and everything was super popular, so we uh, went on to Facebook and, you know, put a picture that we were married, and he's like, oh, today's Ironman World Championships, and I was like, oh, yeah, I heard about, you know, I've I've known about that, and um, I thought it was always really cool, Um, and he's like, oh, we should go there next year, and I was like, awesome, yeah, let's make our one-year anniversary a trip to Kona, that would be great. And he's like, no, I mean competing. Um, and I told him, I'm like, this is my first year at my new job. And, like, teaching's hard work. Like, I, you know, it's not just I'm there nine to five. Like, I have to bring stuff home and do. And um, ended up actually looking at Eagle Man uh, back when it was still a qualifier. And we did that one. And, I mean, we both had to win our age group. And it was just, like, fate that we that it was supposed to happen and we qualified for Kona what a cool story I absolutely love that I had how long had you been in the sport prior to that I mean were you were you a triathlete or was that was that sort of your first sort of foray into the sport um when I graduated college I, I well I started off as a runner and I was hurt a lot in college so my husband was training me just having me do a lot of spin bike stuff and um like 
swimming in the pool. So he actually, when we graduated college, is like, why don't we do a half Ironman since you've been working out so much anyway? Um, so I did Buffalo Springs in, oh gosh, I guess that was 2008, maybe. And uh, I, you know, I had no expectations or anything. I just thought it was really cool to go and go to Texas and do a race. And um, I missed qualifying for Kona there by nine seconds. And you would think that that would have been like kind of the kick in the butt to say, hey, maybe you should try this triathlon thing. But I was like, no, I'm good just doing marathons. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you talk about doing marathons and you come from a running background. You're a very good runner. <laughs> Thank you. I, I mean, you, your splits are, are incredible. Has, has running been a part of your life from for as long as you can remember? Yeah, um, my parents, actually, they ran um, the Boston Marathon together one year, and I remember my grandparents had to watch us, and I was like, man, you can travel to all these places and do running races? Like, that's what I'm going to do when I grow up. I'm going to do this Boston Marathon thing, and of course, I was, you know, like 10 years old. I had no idea what it actually was, um, but ever since then, like, my parents, they never pushed my siblings and I to be runners, but it was just something that seemed cool to me, so I just kept doing it. <laughs> I love that. Last week here on the the podcast, uh, I ended up chatting to uh, to 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 someone who who also, funny enough, grew up in a household where her dad was doing Ironman. I grew up in a household where my dad was doing ultra marathons, and it's so funny that when you do grow up in in an environment like that, and I think it's cool if 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 you're doing the sport now and you've got kids growing up around it, it it's I mean it's a good and a bad thing because you you're almost condemning them to to do what you're doing now. And but but you know what? There could be worse things. You could be sitting in front of the television. Every single night, every single weekend, at least you're instilling good yeah. good habits in them. Right, yeah. Let, let's talk about sort of some of the challenges you've had this year. We'll, we'll go back and, and, and talk about some of your Kona experiences in a moment. But one of the big things that I've realized about you, particularly this year, is you're really struggling with, with some, some crazy injuries. It's It's been a frustrating year for you, Jackie. Yeah, actually, like, to the year today, um, I... I did half Ironman in central Illinois. Um, I just, I knew I had good bike fitness and I, I didn't have like the greatest season earlier on. So I kind of wanted to use that bike fitness and try to get a PR going into Kona, you know, keep my confidence high. And um, I, I went to do a 10K the next day. Um, the school district that I teach in, they have a 5K and a 10K race on Labor Day. And one of my students had wanted me to do the 10K race with him. And I was like, sure, why not? Um, and all of a sudden my, my foot just started really hurting. Like it was my heel. And I mean, I did the race with him still, but it was, it was just really painful. Um, and I just attributed it to the fact that I didn't do, you know, proper recovery the day before I didn't roll out. I didn't use my little foot roller. Um, so I didn't really think too much of it. Um, and I was also in racing flats, you know, for a 10 K and, I'm used to wearing, you know, thick, like bigger shoes for marathons and half marathons. So I, like I said, I didn't think too much of it. Um, and then my husband worked for Power Bar at the time. And so he had to work a race, a half marathon the next day. And I had wanted to get my long run in anyway. So I decided to do it there. And same thing, my, my heel was just throbbing the whole time. Um, and I got really lucky at that race. There was a physical therapist, like, um, uh, from Athletical, just like a little tent there. And I kind of chatted with him about it and asked him, you know, what his thoughts were. And he's like, oh, I, I think you have the beginning stages of plantar fasciitis. And I was like, oh, no, that that's a runner's death sentence. Like, you don't want to hear that. Um, so I made sure, that, you know, I, I actually saw 
my personal physical therapist the next that following week and he's like honestly I mean your run fitness is fine I would just stay off your feet from now until Kona um and you know wear supportive shoes when you're teaching um so my kids got a kick out of that that I was wearing running shoes with every outfit that I wore to class um a little embarrassing (laughs) but uh yeah, it, I ended up, I don't know if it happened before Kona or after, but I ended up tearing my plantar fascia and had to have, um, it's an amnio fix injection instead of doing like surgery and stuff, because um, that's not always the greatest recovery. They did this amnio fix injection and I had it done after Kona, like at the, well, they tried a few different things and I didn't have it actually done until December. So my recovery didn't fully end until April of this past year. <laughs> I mean, it's it's frustrating to to say the least, and 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 plantar fasciitis is is one of those injuries that it, it's so difficult to to treat. I mean, there's there's everyone's got an idea of what causes it, everyone's got an idea of how to fix it, and it's 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 pretty tough. It's a it's a frustrating running injury, isn't it? Oh my gosh, it sure is. Like, I it was awesome because I had so many people reach out to me and give me all these strategies, and so now I have plenty of strategies that I can try to help others with. But it was just, I guess, if I would have known that it was a tear at the time, it would have made sense that none of these, you know, therapies would work. Um, but I obviously, of course, didn't know at the time. What's the biggest lesson having this injury has has taught you? Honestly, I think that I wish um, I would have done more and been more. I guess, um, smarter about it. Uh, I just thought, you know, at the beginning of the school year, I I can't go to the doctor and have, you know, a podiatrist look at it. I'm just too busy with the beginning of the school year. And in reality, like I probably should have taken just a sick day to go see the doctor because what if it could have been the terror could have been prevented. Um, so I, I keep saying that to myself, like, and to my teacher friends, like, your health is like yet yeah, your students will survive. Your health is one hundred percent the most important thing that you have, you need to worry about. And and that's such a it's a, it's a global running problem, isn't it, Jackie? That we we almost we, if if we feel a niggle coming on, we almost think you know what I'm going to take it out for a bit of a run to see how it feels. And invariably, it never feels better. It, it it generally feels worse. It's you you know your body. You've lived in it your whole life. When when something doesn't feel right, there's a reason for it. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's runners. Runners definitely make me laugh. Let, let's go back to your first Kona experience and and that qualification. I mean, you, you'd obviously known about the sport. You you talk about missing qualification by nine seconds in in an earlier race, and and that really didn't fire you up to 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 go. What really, in the end, was it just a decision that you decided? You know what? Next year sounds good uh, as a as a wedding anniversary, first wedding anniversary. It sounds good. Let's let's make it happen. Or was there was there something deeper that drove you to get to Kona? No, it really was as simple as that. I mean, I, I figured who knows if both Ryan and I will qualify. Um, you know, if we do, great. If not, like, it was kind of cool to do all this training. Um, I didn't really think too much of it. And then once we actually did finish, um, it was funny. As soon as I crossed the finish line, I'm like, so when can we do this again? Like, I want to keep doing this. Um, and he was he was kind of surprised that I kind of caught the bug pretty quickly. <laughs> it is addictive, isn't it? I mean, your first Ironman's incredible, but I, I can only imagine that your first cone is probably that multiplied by 20. Yeah, I think it was really cool for me because, like, I didn't have any other experience. Like, I, I hadn't done an Ironman up to that point. So I had, like, truly no expectations for myself. I just wanted to go out there and, you know, see what I could do. So it it was, like... Super low, no pressure, really. 
you say no pressure. I mean, you, you did pretty well first time out as well. I mean, you, you must have been pretty chuffed with your performance. Um, yeah, well, and of course, that year, everyone's like, oh, you know, it wasn't very windy and it wasn't very hot. So everyone was um, giving us a hard time. Like, you guys went during the easiest year that Kona's ever been. And, I mean, truly, the next year was so much harder that I was like, oh, maybe those people were right. <laughs> Let's talk about splits on, on the first one. Do you remember offhand how you how you went from a splits perspective? Oh, my gosh. My swim, I think, was like a one seventeen. And then my bike um, was like a 535 or 539. And then my run was a 322. I mean, that, that's phenomenal. You, you've put in a couple of incredible run performances in, in, in Ironmans before. Tell, tell us a little bit about, I mean, obviously coming from a running background does help, but it, it I mean, you must love running to, to be able to run those sort of times off, off a 180K bike. Yeah, um, that's, I guess that's one thing that I kind of am lucky that I have. I don't know how you really train your body to do that because mine just, I guess, naturally did. I think it's because I've grown up a runner and I've been running so much of my life that getting off the bike, it's just like, you know, going out for a road race. I mean, um, of course I'm fatigued, but for some reason my body is able to perform well. Um, it's something that I've, tried to explain to others like you know the more that you do it I think the more your body adapts to it because when I was training um for for Kona well even for Eagle Man after every single bike I would always hop off and go run just because I like to run not because I thought of it as a brick or anything just because I wanted to go out and get some miles in um so I think that probably really helped me a lot more than I actually thought <laughs> yeah and and if you can do that it definitely it definitely does help I mean that's one thing I've picked up chatting to to lots of of really good age groupers is first of all i mean to love the run helps but but to do it lots and and like you say off the bike because there's that weird sensation when you first get off the bike where it almost feels like your, your legs aren't connected to your upper body it's uh, you're running with someone else's legs and and the more you can get used to that sort of feeling the the better it is is there anything that you do to to sort of counteract that or is it a case of just do do it lots and 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 it will get better yeah, I really think for me, and I mean, even uh, my husband used to be, I mean, he's a, he's a really good runner as well. Like he runs 230s in the, his open marathon, but for some reason, I was I was beating him a lot of the times, like in our end marathon for the Ironman. Um, so I told him, I'm like, honestly, like, I think that you should be, after every single bike session, you should be getting off the bike and doing some sort of run. Even if it's just three miles at your goal race pace, I think that that would really help you. And sure enough, he, he listened to me and did it over this past, like, 2015. And um, he in texas this year he went 255 so i'm like I, I really think that's like kind of a big secret that people don't realize wow you talk about these in, i mean that's a phenomenal run split in, in itself as well but a, a year later 2014 you I, I mean after that first experience you said can we do this again you did do it again and and you went back and and obviously put in put in some some hard hours i mean i, I look at your run split there you, you had the best sort of amateur female run split on the day i think you did just over over three hours if i'm correct yeah. Yeah. And that was really funny because as soon as I finished, you know, of course I wanted to do another one again. Um, but as soon as I finished, my husband is at the finish line and he's like, I think I finally got you beat in this marathon part. And I'm like, really? What was your time? And he goes, 307. And I was like, um, well, I didn't stop my watch, but I'm pretty sure by my, 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 by my math that I ran a 304. And he's like, I can't believe it. Um, 
So it was, that was a really cool one. Um, I think part of it too, that bike was really, really tough for me. Um, I had a, a really ridiculous school year. Um, by the time I left for Kona, they were trying to figure out how to split up one of my classes because I had 37 students in the class, which is like unheard of these days. Um, so I was just really, really stressed with school. And um, I kind of took that out on myself on the bike. And so after I got off the bike, I was I was pretty angry at myself, so I, I guess I used that anger and pushed it myself on the road. That's a cool story. Let's talk about the balance and 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 having a stressful work life and and and, and it must come with a, a, an interesting dynamic too, having your your husband also involved in the sport. But how do you get that balance right? Because to 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 train and and to be good at the sport does take a lot of time, and and that's one of the things a lot of people struggle with is getting that that time management right. I think I've always been a very like schedule based kind of person and I try like, you know, some of my friends give me a hard time about like how structured I am and stuff. But I really think that that's like when I thrive, like when I have, you know, whatever time, wake up and go bike and then shower at this time, leave the house at this time, teach from this time, like having everything set in place, like really, really works for me. Um, and I, I think of it too, kind of like as checking things off of a list. Um, like even though everyone's so digital based now, I, I still write everything out on a list because I get that satisfaction from crossing off. Oh, I, I got my bike workout in this morning. Oh, I'm done teaching. I can cross that off the list. Um, so I think just having everything structured and scheduled, that makes sure that I get everything that I need to in. Jackie, does it help having a spouse who's also involved in the sport? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I never realized it until, um, I kind of started looking at my friends and their like dynamic with their significant others. Like if they aren't in the sport, like, yes, they're supportive, but it's, they don't understand quite as much. Um, and just the sacrifice that it takes, like, it's really nice to be able to have someone, you know, next to you on the comfy trainer for four or five hours on a weekend, um, and have that person be able to understand, like, that, that it's important that you get it done before the rest of your Saturday or Sunday continues. Does having a spouse who's involved in the sport come with its own set of challenges too? It does. Um, I mean, this past year when Ryan, he won Texas as the overall amateur. And that was hard for me because like, even though I didn't have like super high expectations, um, I had just come, you know, back from plantar fasciitis and everything. And actually the day before Texas, I, I was really not smart. Um, I total fluke accident. I flipped over my handlebars, um, when we were out doing just like an easy ride and later it was diagnosed. I had a stress fracture in my sacrum, but you know, I didn't think anything of it. Like I just had, you know, I had cuts all over me, but I didn't really care. I was going to do this Ironman. It was my comeback race. Um, so it was really hard for me. Like, even though, um, I ended up pulling out of the race at mile 17 of the run, uh, even though I know that I made the right decision, it was so hard because Brian had this like phenomenal performance and I didn't want to take anything away from that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, I mean, first, and, and Texas was a, was a tough one this year as well. It wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't best weather conditions, was it? I mean, I've seen some, some pictures from no. that race that was uh, something else. Yeah, it was. Let's talk about what you're struggling with right now. I mean, we've, we've touched on the injury, but is there anything else other than and sort of injuries and injury prevention that you're really struggling with and working hard on? 
Um, the swim. The swim has always been um, really, really tough for me. And actually, every year that um, for the past three years, after every Ironman I've done, um, the guy who now coaches me for the swim, he sends me a message like, hey, girl, you need to fix the swim. Like, let me help you. Um, and my husband and I, we work with the same coach, so I never really wanted to take away from that. But after everything that I battled in 2015, I kind of realized, like, you know, if this guy is willing to work with me one-on-one -on -one and see me once a week and really, like, kind of fix my form, because that's, you know, the biggest part of my problem, I think, with swimming is that my form is just you know, not great. Um, so if somebody's willing to do that, I should really take advantage of that. And granted, I've only done one Ironman or one, yeah, one Ironman since working with him, but that swim has improved like a ton. So I'm, I'm hopeful going into Kona this year that it's not going to be in the 120s again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. How, how are you feeling heading into, into Kona this year with the, with the frustrations and, and, and things maybe not having gone as, as well as you would have liked, particularly early on in the year? Um, I think the most frustrating thing, like even though my swim still isn't like the best that I want it to be, I know that my bike is solid because that's, you know, with plantar fasciitis and then with this uh, stress fracture in my sacrum, biking was really the only thing I could do. So like, I guess that was kind of a blessing in disguise that I got stronger on the bike. But um, just recently, like truly just this past week is when my run has finally started to come around because, you know, that's like my strengths and to not feel confident in it going into Kona, like kind of made me pretty nervous. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that I'm finally starting to have good run workouts again and starting to, I guess, feel normal. How, that, that confidence is, is amazing. Uh, and what sort of percentage, I know it's a tough question, but how much of a role would you say that plays in your performance in, in a race, whether it be Kona or another Ironman, having that confidence going and knowing that things have worked, that it's it's not an absolute slog and, and you're still struggling. Having that peace of mind, how big, a, how big an impact does that have on your race day performance? Oh, my gosh. I think that having that confidence like, can really make or break your race. I mean, um, last year, like I had so much confidence in the bike. And even though um, – it wasn't my fastest bike in Kona. It was, you know, one of the top amateur splits, and I've never had that before. So having confidence in all three disciplines, like if I could have that going into Kona, like it, it will be the best day of my life. <laughs> Jackie, how much do you change year on year with regards to preparation and, and, and doing things? Obviously, you, you qualify, you go to Kona, you, you race your heart out, you, you put everything out there that you can. You, you go back. Do you, do you then go and sit down after race day and go, okay, what worked, what didn't work, what do I need to change? Talk to me about the process of then building towards the next one. How, how do you decide what you want to change, what do you want to do differently, what do you want to keep, that sort of thing? Um. I'm very much like a list person. So like I always try to write down things that, you know, I was happy with um, and then things that I know that I can improve and try to get feedback from other people too um, or suggestions and try to figure out like what, what I can do to get better in those areas. Um, and last year, like the first thing that I wrote down was the swim, because even if I had had my run that I normally do last year, I still, I would have barely made the podium. And that's like <laughs> to be strong on the run and bike and still just barely make the podium. Like clearly I need to work on that swim. So that had been like a really big focus, um, over this past year. 
the sport has really changed, hasn't it? That uh, I mean, you talk about that in. In, in, in years gone by, you could have fudged a swim a bit, and if you were a strong bike and a strong runner, you, you, could, have, you could have really sort of worked your way through the field. But those days are, are almost long gone now. I mean, there are probably one or two age groups where you can get away with it. But nowadays, you have to be really strong in all three if you want to pick up a, a solid podium in Kona. Yeah, which is just so crazy because, you know, you would think like the two that take the most time to complete like if you're strong in those you could be on the podium but that swim just plays such a big role now yeah and uh, for those who don't come from swim backgrounds it's probably one of the most frustrating things did, did you come from a bit of a swimming background or or did you have to actually uh, i mean t- tell me a little bit about your swimming background growing up and 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 as an adult um really i i took swimming lessons to learn how to survive if i was you know thrown in a pool or something. Um, my mom made all three of us do that, but, um, I never really cared for it. Like I just kind of looked at going to the pool as, you know, laying out in the sun and, um, playing Marco Polo with friends when I was little, like I never really cared too much for swimming. Um, and it wasn't until I kept getting hurt, um, running in college that I was aqua jogging or swimming that I just kind of, you know, looked at other people and just, put my arms in and started swimming. So that that was probably a mistake, like not actually learning how to really swim until I was an adult. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to give some advice here too. If you've got kids and you're in the sport and you're pretty active and uh, your kids are going to take the sport up, get them swimming lessons soon. The earlier, the better. Uh, if you can sort out that technique early on, it just makes their life easier going forward, whether they want to do Ironman later or not. I'm sure you'd agree. Oh, yeah. I told Ryan when we have our our first kid, they are going to learn how to swim and how to speak Spanish right away because those are two things that I regret not being able to do when I was little. <laughs> I love that. Jackie, let's talk about sort of what what you still like to achieve in the sport and uh, and, and where you'd like to race and, and some of the goals. What's, uh, other than, than Kona, I mean, l- longer term than that, what do you, what do you want to achieve in, in Ironman? Um, I honestly, it would be a dream come true if I could win my age group in Kona. Um, Ryan and I are both in the 30 to 34 age group now. And um, as he was on the podium last year and I was taking pictures, um, you know, they have the flags of the the male and female age group winners in the background on like the, the computers, the TVs. And I was like, how cool would that be to have two USA flags with Giuliano on there? So that's like a a huge dream. Like, you know, if everything went totally perfect, um, which there's probably like a 0.1% chance that that'll happen, but it'd still be really cool. Um, But just seeing how Ryan's been doing this year, like if I could, I think like one of the coolest things that he's done is win an Ironman. Like it's just, it's such a cool feeling. Um, even for me as just a spectator watching him do it um so that i think that would be like a big dream to accomplish wow that sounds incredible talk to me about uh, i mean i wanted to ask it and i, and I uh, forgot to at the time but t- talk to me about being in a relationship with someone who is that good are, are you guys competitive do you do you train together do you do you find that you push each other how does how does that dynamic work within your relationship um he actually he really likes when we bike together because um, I'm really good at like the the longer and like the threshold type stuff, and he's really good at like the little spikes when we're biking. Um, so he really likes to have us do bike workouts together because he's like, then I don't give up because I see you pushing hard, and well, I can't give up because I don't want you to beat me. So you know that we have that dynamic on the bike. Um, we don't really run together too much. 
just because ever since like continuing to get hurt, um, he's, he's been actually coaching me for the run and has had me only do four runs a week. You know, one of those off the bike after my long ride, my long run, and then two run workouts. So since I'm, you know, my pace is slower than his. Um, he doesn't really do very many runs with me. And then when we're in the pool, honestly, I tell him all the time, I'm like, it's just more frustrating having you swimming next to me because you're just like lapping me all the time. Um, it's, it's definitely not motivating, but um, for him, he likes having the accountability of me in the lane next to him. So it works. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love the fact that you, you can train together and, and, and do that sort of stuff. And as they say, couples that train together stay together. So uh, I, think it's, I think it's amazing. As far as dream races, uh, is there anything on the, the bucket list that you'd like to race someday? Um, well, after he, so he did um, Austria for Worlds last year. And then I had one of my friends do the Ironman in Austria. Um, and after seeing pictures from both of their experiences and hearing about both of their experiences, um, Austria sounds like really, really awesome. And then Mount, Mount Tremblant has always been on the bucket list too. It's just hard because it's right at the start of the school year. So it's like, Hmm, would my, would my administrators ever let me take the first three days of school off? I, I've been too afraid to ask. <laughs> Maybe once you've been there for 20 years, you can, you, you can get that in and they'll let you do it. But let, let's, let's talk about how you choose races. Uh, obviously, you've got to work it into a, a work schedule, but do you, are, are you a sort of horses for courses type of person or is it a case of you know whatever's convenient and fits into the, the calendar, that's what we're going to do? Or do you go and pick courses that suit your strengths, whether it's uh, racing on flat courses or racing on hilly courses that sort of thing um really we haven't really i guess looked at the courses so much um we did cobble because i guess that was in 2014 because it lined up with my spring break and um that's where we went for our honeymoon so we're like oh we know the area like yeah let's do it um and then that same year we did cozumel just because it was lined up with thanksgiving break so again i only had to miss one day of school um, and then Texas this past year, we decided, decided on because it was the day after my 30th birthday. So I thought it'd be, you know, a cool way to celebrate, you know, turning the big three zero. Um, and then Lake Placid, my, one of my husband's best friends, he did it two years ago. And last summer he was just, you know, giving us all a hard time. Like, you know, we have to get a big group there and it's going to be so much fun. Like it's so beautiful and you guys are going to love it. Um, he forgot to tell us that it was hilly. Uh, so that was, that was quite a shock when we actually got there. Um, but though all of those races were just kind of, I didn't, I never looked at the courses. I didn't know, um, if it was going to be hilly or flat, um, until we really got there. I think I raced better that way, kind of having the unknown factors, like, I guess I could probably prepare a little bit better, um, but I, I kind of like being surprised and just, you know, truly giving it my all the whole time. Like, you have to if you don't know what it's going to be like. Yeah, absolutely. What do you love about, about Ironman? What, what is it that, that keeps you coming back? I think a part is just that anyone can do it. I mean, the group that we had that went to Lake Placid this past summer, um, you know, three of them were first time Ironman finishers. Um, so it was, it's just kind of cool that like, truly, if you want to do it, anyone can. Um, and I think it's too, just so 
rewarding. I mean, you're exhausted crossing that finish line. It's, it's, it's a different feeling compared to crossing the finish line totally dead after a run. And maybe because the run, you have to go at such a higher intensity. Um, I don't know. I just, I feel so much more accomplished every time I finish an Ironman. What do you hate about the sport? Oh, um, sometimes waking up early to run, um, or I guess rather to bike on the weekends, that's, that's kind of challenging sometimes because after a long week of teaching, like all I want to do is sleep in on a Saturday morning, but here I am getting up at, you know, seven or six something just to get it in before it gets too hot or before, you know, I feel like there's too many cars on the road. Um, I think that's sometimes the hardest part, but if if you have a good community, like a good base of friends or a good, like, you know, group that you're part of on Facebook or social media or whatever, um, it's kind of nice to have all of those positive people in your life, like knowing like that they're encouraging you and rooting for you and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Jackie, then finally, uh, Looking at, uh, you, you mentioned the group of, of newcomers. If you could go back and, and give yourself some advice, if you were starting out again, knowing what you know now, what would you tell yourself? Oh, my gosh. Work on that swim. You need a lot of help on that swim. <laughs> I love that. Well, talking of the swim, we're going to chat about your swim and, and delve a bit deeper in the next time or the next time we chat here on the Cone Edge, but we'll save that for another day. Jackie Giuliani, thank you so much uh, for your time today. Much appreciated. Thank you so much for having me. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Kona Edge. Don't forget to connect with us on social media. Simply search for the Kona Edge.